Good morning and welcome to Chanel. Uh, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't kind of acknowledge my week last week. Um, we, we had a, a scare with Judah. He had some breathing issues. Um, it resulted in, you know, going to the doctor, going to the ER. Um, and I just, I wanted to say uh, kind of on behalf of our family, thank you. Uh, thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the thoughts, the, the text messages, the phone calls, whatever medium uh, you reached out to us, it, it meant the world to us. And it was a long week, and I think I've shared this with a few of you, but uh, we knew that he was kind of improving when on Thursday he asked Whitney if she'd brought his swimming trunks. And we were like, Man, where do you think we are? Um, but he is, uh, he is on, he's, they're headed back to Little Rock today, but, but I do want to say thank you and, and kind of make a, a larger kind of plug for this church that um, I realized something this week that uh, though we are a, a church, we do church things, we meet on Sunday, we sing praises, we share in communion, but, but we're, we're really not a church. I mean, this is a family, and so we, we felt that this week. And it means the world to us that you, uh, we are a part of your family, you're a part of ours. And so thank you for that. Let's pray and then we'll switch gears. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are, God, and who you created us to be. God, we thank you for this time of song, of praise, of communion, God. And as we turn our attention to scripture and story, God, uh, work through our hearts and, and open our ears to what you're trying to say through these passages. And it's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. On my first Sunday at Chanel, uh, you all hosted an event with bagels. I assume it was called Bagels with Bryce. I'm not sure. I don't really remember, but if it wasn't, you missed a superb opportunity for a great named event. Uh, but there were Panera bagels. I remember that very vividly. Um, but the, the bagel breakfast was a great way for me to get to meet a lot of you all. Uh, it was kind of set up. It was in the gym. And what happened was, you know, people were eating bagels, but Whitney and myself were kind of in the middle of the gym, and we were shaking hands, we were hugging people. And if I remember correctly, uh, Craig Lair was standing to my left, and Craig was doing kind of that smart business thing. When somebody would walk up to me, he would say, hey, J.J. Childers is walking up to you, your life will never be the same. Stuff like that, kind of important details, like you will never forget this person. Uh, so over and over, people would come through. Craig would say their name as they were walking up, and, and this kind of went on for a little while uh, until one individual walked up to me that Craig didn't have enough time to, you know, kind of interject and say their name. This individual, who was kind of a larger-than-life figure to me, reached out his hand and said, Hi, my name is Danny Burleson. It's nice to meet you. Uh, Danny and I exchanged a couple of different pleasantries, and then he started to walk off, and Craig stopped him and said, hey, uh, real quick, Bryce, this is Danny Burleson. And I was like, you know, my hearing's good. I heard it the first time, but he's like, this is Danny Burleson. He's the, the founding minister of this church. His, his name is out there on the sign. And Danny just goes, yeah, it is, and then proceeded to walk away. I think about that a lot when I think about, like, the history and the past of Chanel. Because that attitude of Danny in that moment was one that I think was at the beginning of why this church started. Everybody was on the same playing field. Everyone was equal. No one was more important than another person. I saw it that day in his character. And it meant a lot to me because he could have said, Hello, my name is Danny Burleson and I'm the founding minister of this church. He could have said that. He could have said, My name is Danny Burleson. If you didn't know, it's on that sign as well. He didn't do that. Just reached his hand out, welcomed me to this church, and it was awesome. 
And I think about a lot of the stories that I've heard about why this church needed to exist in 1989. And one of the reasons was that. Was that people needed a place where they could feel welcomed. They could feel like that they finally had a church that they could attend. In the late 1980s, and kind of even probably still today, churches are trying to figure out who is welcome and who is not. What are the membership requirements of a congregation? Like, just like that, people were, st- were still dealing with that in 1989, and, and Chanel wanted to kind of address that. At the core of 1989, I think one of the larger issues that Churches of Christ were dealing with were individuals who were divorced and remarried. Should they be permitted to join our membership? And I've heard stories about how Chanel started as a place for people who felt like they couldn't go anywhere else. Chanel wanted to be that place for them. And that attitude started with individuals like Danny Burleson. And I'm going to weave several Danny stories throughout this sermon as we talk about the past at Chanel. But I think about that handshake a lot. Because it was the first of many handshakes. Especially when, when I was starting here and, and we just had Judah, Danny would be out there in the lobby and he would shake every single kid's hand. And it meant a lot to Judah just to kind of give a high five as a baby to somebody that he didn't know but that was just larger than him. But again, every time that Danny shook a kid's hand, he didn't say, my name's Danny. I'm the founding minister of this church. His kids wouldn't care about that. But he just wanted them to know that, hey, I'm glad to see you. And that was an attitude, again, that started at Chanel in the late 1989 when it started and moved well into the 1990s. But that attitude isn't one that is just simply Chanel. It's actually scriptural. See, in Leviticus chapter 19, Moses records the words of God. When Moses says this, When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Moses is recording the words of God here, but he's using language that we don't use a ton now. Uh, If you're still calling people foreigners, we can talk about that later. Um, But it's not really language that we use a lot. But what Moses is really trying to articulate here is, you know what it feels like to be an outsider. You know what it feels like not to be welcomed in a place. And what God is commanding the Israelites is, don't make people feel that way. The purpose of your existence, Israel, is to include, is to welcome, is to make people feel like they have a place. We spent a lot of time over the last few months talking about this idea of a table and how God is constantly reminding us that we are to pull more seats up and make more room at our table. And this is rooted in Scripture. We see this in Leviticus where God is commanding them to do this, to make sure that you are making space for people. In the same way that that Danny welcomed me, that's what God is commanding the Israelites to do. To extend a hand and say, hey, it's nice to meet you. You're welcomed here. Paul emphasizes this later on in Galatians chapter 3 when he writes, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Or is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul's message to the church of Galatia there is that you're all the same. No one is better than the next. You're all welcomed at God's table. You don't have to worry if you're good enough, if you've been through too much, if you're planning on going through too much. It it doesn't matter. God is welcoming you here. Here. 
and from the stories and the legends that I've been told about why this church was created and about our past is that that was a staple in why we needed to exist. I don't know if you've driven down any street in Little Rock, but our cup overfloweth with churches, right? And you can go, every flavor under the sun is down the street. And so we, when Chanel started, it said, what can we do that's different? And it wanted to be a place that welcomed people, especially people who felt like they didn't have a church or weren't welcomed at a church. But it's one thing to welcome. You, you kind of have to go to that next level to me. I think it's great to say, hey, you're welcomed here. But I think at its core, a church's larger purpose in life is to empower and, and encourage and from what I've been told, from many stories that I've heard about why Chanel began, that was the next thing. That yes, individuals were welcomed at this church, but they were also put to work. Especially in the stories surrounding Danny Burleson, I, what I heard a lot was that Danny didn't want people here, Danny needed people here. And there's a huge difference in wanting versus needing. I want my favorite basketball team to maybe win a game and not lose by 20. I want that, but I don't need it. When you feel needed, something within you changes. The reason why you exist, the pushes in your life, those things matter when you feel like you are needed somewhere. A lot of the stories that I heard around when this church started was they were going to people one-on-one -on -one saying, hey, we're starting a church. We're excited about it, and we need you here. One of my favorite stories, and I won't say the individual's name, but Dale White told me that when the church started, it's a good story, Dale, but when the church started, Danny Burleson reached out to him and said, hey, we're starting a church, I want you to come visit. And in short, Dale basically said he realized that Danny wasn't going to leave him alone until he came to visit. Now, in, in essence, Danny didn't want Dale. He needed Dale. He knew that what, what Dale, what many of you, other of you that started this church, what you brought to the table was your skills, your gifts, your passions. And those things are needed when you're starting a church. And I think the original people who started this congregation knew that you, you can't build a few on the back, a church on the backs of a few, but by the passions of many. And so you start seeing this kind of evolve at Chanel in the beginning of, of individuals realizing that they are chosen, that they have purpose, that they have drive. And you see this in Scripture as well. 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you've not received mercy, but now you've received the mercy. Peter will echo something else later on in chapter 4 when he writes, Each of you should use whatever gift you have and receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Some of the stories that I heard when I asked people about, hey, what was it like here in the early days? And one of the, the constant themes is that everybody had a role. From cleaning the building to landscaping to setting up chairs to setting up tables, everyone had a role and everyone had a purpose. 
They had fun discovering each other's gifts, figuring out what they were bringing to the table and how they could bring these things, just like 1 Peter's talking about. There's this language that's used in in kind of seminary now called shareholders. And what these individuals who are smarter than me that I've given a lot of money to say is that each church needs a few shareholders to push things forward. And yes, I've given them a healthy amount of money, and yes, they're smarter than me. But what I really would kind of counter is that you don't need just a few shareholders. Everyone who is here, everyone who is watching online, even if you're gone today and you're watching this later, if you have a vested interest and you care about this church, you are a shareholder. And that means something to each of us. Maybe the thing that you're bringing to the table is a handshake and a smile. Sometimes that's enough. And sometimes that's all people need. But we are all called to put in and use our gifts. And when I think about the past at Chanel, that is something that has been a major driving force in what made Chanel work and what made Chanel exciting. Is a recognition that we all have different skills and talents and that God is calling each of us to use those in different ways. Paul talks about this too in Ephesians chapter 2 when he writes, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I think there's, there's two things there of the beginning of Shannon, what really started in our past. So people were welcomed, the people were empowered. They felt like they belonged. And because they felt like they belonged and they recognized that they were needed, they were able to use those gifts and those passions. They were unleashed. When you feel safe and when you feel comfortable in a setting, you are willing to take those risks and say, you know what, I've never done this particular ministry thing before, but I'm going to give it a shot. Because I know that you need me. And I know that I'm blessed to serve in this particular way. But the third thing that I heard the most through the stories of the beginning of Chanel, and probably the one that I'm the most excited about, a staple that I saw throughout all the stories that I was told, was that it was fun. I'm a big proponent in fun church. I will say this today because he's not here, and I don't know if he's going to listen, but one of the things when Whitney and I interviewed here that we thought was hilarious was announcements. Again, I will never tell JJ this to his face. But J.J. does an amazing job at making announcements fun. I grew up in a church, a wonderful congregation, but announcements were, let's just grind through them. The way that we do announcements here is exciting to me. There's personality in every single individual that does it. But that developed because of a culture, I think, that started with Danny Burleson. I will not share all the stories of the fun Danny Burleson that I was told when I asked people to tell me your memories of this church. I won't, but they were good stories. And if you want to know them, just ask somebody that's been around here for a while, and after a minute, they'll probably tell you a few stories that you're going to laugh pretty hard at. But that, that culture of this is a fun, exciting place to be is something that I even saw throughout my time with Bert. One of my favorite stories on Bert's last Sunday was when Craig made some reference to we couldn't find a lot of pictures where Bert wasn't dressed up in costume. You think about that. Bert did everything. He went all in on VBS. But think about the times when, as a church, even today, when we gather together, 
We have fun. We enjoy being around each other. It's not a hassle. We don't look at these opportunities to gather as a means of just like, oh, I don't want to go to church again. We recognize that, hey, we have an opportunity to gather together, to have fun, and to encourage one another. I was just reflecting a little bit about the, the Christmas party that I forced all of you to attend not too long ago. When was the last time that you guys wrapped Miss Martha Ward up in uh, wrapping paper? I mean, I'm saying, like, we have fun when we gather together. And that has been a staple of this church, I think, from the beginning. Is that there was joy when we gathered together. There was passion when we came together for causes. We've done the pack shack in the past. Those are things of a sign of a church that enjoys being around each other. We don't come together out of just obligation. But we come together because we recognize that we enjoy fellowship with one another. And again, as I thought and as I reflected on a lot of the stories that I was told when Chanel began, that's still true today. But again, just like the other stories, this is scriptural too. In Acts chapter 11, there's a story about the persecution of the church. And what the, the apostles decide to do is they decide to send this guy named Barnabas out to Antioch. And so in verse 22 of chapter 11, it begins, News of this reached the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. A lot of stuff happening in this, in this time in this church. Things weren't great. There was persecution, there was frustration, there was anxiety. And what they decide to do is send Barnabas. And what Barnabas brings is the spirit of joy, of hope, of encouragement. He encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. You don't do that unless you have that spirit. It's hard to encourage people when you're down. It's hard to encourage people when things are not going the way that you want to, but yet Barnabas is selected in this moment because they recognize that Barnabas can lift their spirits. He has that joy. He has that passion. Verse 24, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. One of the stories that, that I heard, especially about the early days of Chanel, was when, when things were rolling and when things were, were going, there was so much excitement that it kind of overflowed into people's lives. Like when you were excited about something, when you were passionate about something, when you feel welcomed and empowered, the thing that happens next is you want to share that joy with somebody else. And so there was a lot of just saying, grabbing people and being like, hey, let me tell you about what we're doing at church. Or if you're looking for a place where you, you need to belong and you need to connect, let me tell you about what we're doing here. There was a lot of Barnabas attitudes in the early days of Chanel. I think still today as well. But Paul also talks about this too in, in Thessalonians. To the church of Thessalonica, Paul writes, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we, were awake, we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you were doing. When I wrote this sermon, I wasn't anticipating feeling this verse this week. 
That's not really why I wrote it either. I didn't, I didn't write that hoping that I would feel what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is talking about. But I did. We, we were trapped in Indiana, in the Hoosier State, one of the worst states in the nation. But we were trapped in Indiana. And even though we were so far away from here, we felt like we were at home. Because of that encouragement, because of that, that needing to build one another up, it was this, this surreal feeling of you, you all were experiencing and walking through our difficult situation with us. You don't do that unless you care about each other. You don't do that unless you're willing to encourage and walk alongside people together. And again, that has been a staple of this church from the past. And, and finally, in Hebrews chapter 3, the, the author of Hebrews uses a passage that we've used quite a bit over the last several months. But they write, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So what the writer of Hebrews is really getting at is, stay connected. Continue to encourage one another. He, he is referencing sin, but what, what the writer of Hebrews is really getting at is, I don't want somebody to lose grip of this church. I don't want somebody to fall away, to feel disconnected. So constantly remind each other how important you are. How you're needed. How your gifts are necessary for the growth and future of this congregation. There's probably somebody in here today that you're thinking about, hey, I haven't seen this person in a few weeks. This is your reminder right now to reach out to that person this afternoon. But the writer of Hebrews is getting at this larger point of, Encouragement isn't something that we just kind of do by happenstance, but it's, it's intentional. And we do it because that is what we are called to do and who we are called to be. And he ends in this passage, we've come to share in Christ, if indeed our, we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. That last part is kind of the dig there. If you're, if you're saying that you're a Christian, if you're saying that you're going to believe that, that Christ is your Savior, these are the things that you're called to do. Over the next few weeks, where we are headed is talking next week about the present. I kind of look at it as like a state of the union. Uh, what I want to do is talk about where we are as a church, but also talk about where other churches are. Uh, not by name, that sounded more hateful than I wanted it to be. But, but more so, what I want to do is kind of show you guys where Chanel stands in regards to other congregations across the nation. And then on the 22nd, we'll have the vision committee up here to talk about what they walk through and kind of where we're headed next. But to talk about where we're going, we have to talk about where we've been. And part of the reason why I wanted to be at Chanel, and the reason I wanted to stay at Chanel, is because of the rich tradition. And it's a rich tradition that, that excels us into the future because the foundation that this church was built on, of welcoming people, of encouraging and empowering one another, and also having fun, those are great foundation blocks. And as we move into a, a world right now that feels disconnected, that feels detached from each other, what we can offer is something that we've been offering people since it all started. A place for you to belong, a place for you to discover your gifts, and a place for you to have fun. Let's stand and sing together.